here's how I go to everything. If I'm flying and leaving my family and my employees and my business to go and be better, I got to have a game plan to get there. So I go in with this thing called an MPV. This is To The Point. A rhino experience. Voted one of the top home services marketing and operations podcasts. Cutting through the bullshit and getting to the point. Hey, what's up to the point listeners? It's your boy, Cristiano, the host of To The Point Home Services Podcast. That is To The Point Home Services Podcast who couldn't listen that fast. <laughs> sometimes I wreck, sometimes I think I'd, I talk a little bit too fast. I don't even, I don't even realize it. And I got a East Texas boy on here, so I probably ought to talk real slow to make sure that my guest, Trey McWilliams, can hear me. So if you guys don't know who Trey is, Trey is the CEO of Blue Cardinal Home Services Group and CEO of McWilliams and Son, if you know him from that, heating and air conditioning. But you guys also do plumbing too, don't you? Yeah, we do. Why yeah, we the hell do. you know why don't you add that in the damn name? Well, I need to fix that. <laughs> Get your marketing right. Come on, Crystal, help him out. Help a brother out. Literally, your brother out. But <laughs> hey man, I'm excited to have you on here. You guys, it's a third, third generation company since 1974 mind you which is before my time out of east texas exes live in texas i don't think i have any exes in texas but there's a possibility that a buckle bunny or two i might have met in my uh, rodeo journey my rodeo days so when i think of east texas trey uh, I think of Nacogdoches, and it takes me back to uh, Eight Seconds. Remember that movie about Lane Frost? Uh-huh. And uh, Tough Hedeman and all those guys. I loved that stuff back in the day. So, you know, for those who don't know, early on when I was trying to figure out what the heck is Cristiano going to do, I joined the Pro Rodeo Cowboy Association. I was on the bull riding circuit for uh, for two years, and I got the luxury of going through Texas and have my fair share of uh, fights and – all the good stuff that comes along with the rodeo life, but uh, always makes me think of that movie, Eight Seconds, such a good one, and because uh, they wrote it uh, Nacogdoches and Mesquite and like where all the good stuff is. But did you know I was uh, that I that I was a bull rider? Did you ever? No, I did not. I did not. That's that's interesting. You learned something new today, huh? Yeah. <laughs> I knew, you, I knew you raced cars. I didn't know that. Did do that. Yep. Yep. The, that race cars, that was part of my, part of my life for, for a lot longer than bull riding. Bull riding was a short stint. Uh, fun few uh, years of learning about yourself <laughs> and talk about mental fortitude. Uh, that's one that is right up there. But um, you know what? It's interesting is I was, as I was prepping for the podcast too, I was looking at, um, I'm a big history buff. So I love learning about you know, history and, and the history of companies um, even, you know, before you. And uh, now the, the founder of McWilliams and Son is, is, was, is it your grandpa? Yeah, it's my grandpa. Grandpa, yep. uh, Mac. Nickname, call sign, Mac, whatever you want to call it. Now, he was a uh, he was a sailor. He was in the Navy, right? That's correct. Very cool. Uh, my dad was in the Navy. Very cool. So, um, And that's where he he cut his teeth on HVAC, refrigeration, things like that. And it was, what was the name of the of the ship he was on? I even know I read it. What the heck was it? Kitty Hawk. That's it. So, you know, served his country, which is awesome. Love that. Um but you know what's also interesting is, you know, is you also served your country in a way, but by the by way of state of Texas, and it was uh, 
you know, this amazing paper that you wrote all by yourself back in high school on what it's like to be an American. And you ended up winning like the statewide contest, man. And, and even got to be represented by the state of Texas all without missing football practice, Trey. How did you pull that off, man? Tell me, like, where did you, where was the inspiration? I don't know where this came from. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, so I, I won state um, in a writing contest um, of a paper I didn't write. Uh, so uh, um, so for, for some of the listeners that know me and know the relationship, me and my sister, Crystal, um, she's also in the industry, and, and uh, I've always relied on Crystal for a lot of stuff, even in high school. So uh, I didn't like writing. She loved writing. I said, that's the perfect combination. So why don't you write me a paper? <laughs> and uh, my English teacher said, Trey, you, you won regionals. I was like, that's cool. I better read the paper and see what it's all about. <laughs> and then I won state. And I was, then I went to my football coach. It's like, listen, like whatever we got to do, I cannot go and accept this award. So make sure we have practice or something. So, uh, yeah, so I still have that trophy. And still and, and proud about it, too. <laughs> The best trophy you never earned. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Gosh, I was yeah. ask I was asking Crystal for a story this morning that like would most people wouldn't know, but and she told me that I was like perfect. Dude, this plays right into my intro yeah. with your grandpa. Yeah. So, <laughs> that's great. Yeah. Now, um, you and I got to connect a little bit at Pantheon. I guess at this point in time, it probably be about a month or so ago, um, and you know, had lunch together and we're just talking about a lot of the crazy things that you do. And, and it just sparked up good conversation. And that's like, literally, I'm like, I need to get you on the podcast and just talk about your, uh, your story a little bit too. Uh, Cause it's a really good one too. And you've kind of been through it in the trades and coming from East Texas and, and we'll just call it the middle of nowhere, Texas, because it's kind of like the middle of nowhere, Texas, but to have so much success in the trades um, and having been so hands-on, I think it's a really great story for everybody to hear um, of all shapes and sizes for companies. But um, what I also uh, you've you've also been to the last. Have you been to the last two Rhino X events? Yeah, I have. Um, so, real quick, um, shameless promotion. Why? Like, why, why do you keep coming back? What is it that you take away from it? Is it just like like what? Is, what are the things that you're taking away from it? I think it's a, it's the the caliber of people that it attracts. Uh, you know, I think you know, one of my successes or, or things that I, I really leveraged to to grow is exposure. Right? It's like and getting around the right exposure. So all exposures isn't right. And so there's, there's a lot of noise in our space, oh, yeah. especially today, oh, like yeah. where just, you know, influencers or whatever those, whatever you want to call that, this, this new era, yeah. uh, but really getting to the, to the people that are at Rhino to me, they do it every day. Like they're, they're not just talking about it. They are the guys in the trenches doing it and at a very, very high level. So uh, that, that's just what intrigues me about going. And then obviously the content and the discussions uh, are just, they're relevant and they're and they're uh, they're raw and uh, and they're truthful. Like and just they're just great tools and resources to take away from there. Yeah, man, we cram a ton of shit into a day. But and one, I appreciate you continue to come back and, and thanks. And I'm, it makes me like that's the whole purpose for putting this thing on is maybe you sit in the day session and you take some, you take something away. Maybe you maybe you don't. Maybe it's just that, like you said, you want to go and and uh, and be um, you know, introduced to some of these people that are arguably the best to do it in the industry or that are currently, you know, amazed just being around the people and making the connections and getting the phone numbers and the exchanges and then kind of, you know, getting your, maybe changing your circle of influence, you know, with your way that's happened to a few people there. We did a, uh, a podcast with, uh, I think, you know, Jason, Bueller. have you met Jason Bueller before? So the perfect case study is he came in and he said, 
You know, um, he left there thinking like, I belong in this group. I may not be the size of some of these guys, but I belong in this group. Like I have the same, you know, ambition and, and, and I, I've been taking action and, and he did. Um, but the, uh, another great, you know, event that's coming up that I'm excited for is the first home service freedom Tommy's event. You know, it's, that's in November and I'll be going to that and, uh, navigating the marketing panel. So if anybody hasn't, um, we did a podcast a few weeks ago on the home service freedom event, pretty cool deal. Anything Tommy does, I feel like goes exceptionally well because he like pours his heart into it. Um, and I like to think that maybe he takes away some tips from Rhino X on how to make it really cool. <laughs> so, so let's go ahead and jump into a little bit of your story, Trey. And, um, and uh, maybe just go ahead and tee up with the listeners, you know, because you again, be, you know, coming from a, a third generation, you know, company, being around the the industry for so, you know, for such a long, such a long time. And, um, you know, and, and seeing a lot of great success hitting, you know, at a lot of different levels. Uh, maybe just share with the listeners kind of a little bit about like uh, where you're at today, you know, or with, you know, wh- what your journey has been like all the way up to today with Blue Cardinal. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, and I'll I'll keep it brief so we can really like cover. I think some some maybe give out some good tips um, for for the listeners. But uh, I grew up in the trades like like um, we were talking about. Uh, third generation. My grandfather retired from the Navy, started air conditioning business. My dad followed suit, and uh, so I graduated high school in two thousand four. I had worked for my dad all through high school, and I graduated and thought, hey, the right thing to do is just go into family business and work. So I did that. And, you know, it was about 2010, uh, we, the business was at a point where culturally it wasn't where I wanted it to be. Uh, it was a great lifestyle business. So my dad had done a, you know, had great life growing up. My dad made all my ball games. Like it, 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 it served its purpose. But as you begin to like look at, you know, how's this built, how can I build a company that, that will take care of me and my dad? And if I feel that way, how do I build a business that can take care of all the employees that think the same way I do? And it was a real pivotal, pivotal moment in my life of just like, if I feel this way, so does my people. And a lot of the people that work in force, you know, wasn't the right people. But in order to make the change, it was going to take a lot of energy. And I was very fortunate to have a dad that I sat down in 2010 and said, hey, I'm willing to put in the effort if you're willing to go on a journey with me of growing this business and changing the culture. And, you know, I know I, I get to meet a lot of different family businesses and there's every different dynamic you can think of, right? But I was fortunate for my dad to say, Trey, if you got the energy, I'll get behind you 100%. And in 2010, um, he did exactly that. He let me fail. He let me, you know, start building this company and really put my own identity on it. And uh, he dug into the marketing, which he's very creative on that. You know, my dad was just one of these that he wasn't going to rock the boat. Um, you know, and, and the second piece is like, he didn't have the energy it was going to take because we all know to change culture, you're going to lose some people. And when you lose those people, that workload doesn't fall to the others, it falls to you. And, uh, you know, I was willing at the time to take on that burden and, you know, I worked a lot and, but we started seeing progress, really started growing the business. By 2015, uh, my dad became an absentee owner and, uh, you know, was out of the operations hundred percent. I had built a team. We had made a couple, um, about a million and a half dollar acquisitions. So we'd, we'd bought about $3 million worth of revenue in two different markets. So we had a couple locations by then and was having, you know, great growth. Um, by 2018, I bought my dad out of the business hundred um, percent. At the same time, uh, Crystal Williams, my sister was our lead marketer. And, you know, I was at the point too, where, you know, I knew Crystal wanted her own identity. She was really kind of 
underneath the Mac Williams and son identity. And, and it was all about Trey and, you know, and I knew she was super talented in what she done. So me and Crystal spun off a, a marketing company for her to kick off and create her own identity and just started growing the business. And in 2018, um, my eyes were kind of open to is like, what's going on in this private equity world, this consolidation, like something's going on. I've seen a lot of friends, you know, partner with businesses, make a lot of money, have more freedom than I have. I'm, I'm, you know, growing a business, worried about payroll, worried about all these things every day. And they're, you know, on the beach somewhere. And uh, I, I had a lot of runway left. So I was not looking for an exit strategy, but what I was looking for is like either I got to join this group, this at movement, or I got to be able to compete against it. And, and uh, so really just started for me, I, I, exposure's king. So I reached out some some close friends of mine that had built some businesses and sold them and, and had been in the private equity world. And I said, you know, I'm really not interested in partnering with private equity right now. What I want to know is I want to understand what they're looking at and how they go to market. So they they connected me with some some friends of theirs. And for two and a half years, um, I met with them about once a month and all they did was show me deals, how they looked at deals, how they how they saw the value, where they saw the sh you know where they saw the issues. And it really just taught me a lot about like what I learned very quickly was private equity is a very loosely used word. It's it can mean a lot of different things. Right. It's um, and it all serves its purpose and, uh, you know, the mission that they're trying to accomplish. But through that, um, I started, you know, I had grown the business to, to a sizable business. And it, by this time, we had four locations and uh, really was looking like, how do I go to the next level? I couldn't build fast enough. My my really my risk tolerance was like at, at its cap. Like it was like and, and really when I say that it it wasn't so much to me as it was every night when I went home and looked at my three children, and my wife to say, why are you risking everything that you got when you have enough money to take off the table right now to really set my family up for, for success for long term. And so how do I do both? And honestly, I, I um, you know, I think he's been on your pod, a podcast, but I had met Terry Nicholson and, and really was me and Terry really started collaborating a lot together and like, Terry, this is like, this is where I'm at. And he, you know, if anybody knows Terry, he answers everything with a question. And so just really such a Terry is such like, yeah, everything is answered with the question, which actually makes the conversation so, so great. So really started pulling out, pulling out of me. He's like, Trey, so what you're telling me is you want to keep growing a big business as fast as you possibly can, but you want to de-risk it where you can take care of your family. I said, yes. And he's like, well, what, what's that perfect scenario look like? And I said, well, it's, you know, finding the right partner. So I went down that journey of like, you know, I'm going to join, join a group and, and there's a ton of great groups out there and, and made some great relationships. But at the end of the day, really what I was looking for was I really feel like we're in a people building business. That's what I'm in. Um, and I wanted to outlook beyond three or five years and, and doesn't mean that there, I don't want a liquidity event or financial gain in three to five years. We're all, we all enjoy the money side of it. But at the end of the day, I wanted to make sure 10 years from now I could look back and be proud of what I built and know I set my people up for success. And I really struggled with that. And um, so I called Terry and it's like, I'm not doing this. And he's like, Trey, you told me this is what you want to do. And I said, well, this is this is what I feel and this is what I'm seeing. And this is just, you know, this is what I believe is truth. And uh, he said, well, then 
you know, why don't you figure out how to build your own platform? And, uh, you know, so that's where Blue Cardinal really came from was, hey, we want to build something that at the end of the day is like-minded operators that want to build something for the long haul. Um, again, it doesn't mean that the private equity partners that we partner with doesn't want three to five year returns. They do. That, that's the nature of the beast. But it was about building something that we constantly looked in the future. We wasn't an EBITDA collection company. We're looking in the future of how to build this sustainable, how to put a marketing plan together, how to build, you know, your staffing plans. All these things uh, was important for me to start building this, this Blue Cardinal platform. You know, we're uh, a year in um, just last month with um, our capital partner and, and uh, we've done seven transactions and closed two more transactions in the next 30 days and and having a lot of a lot of fun. Um, but uh, which kind of, you know, it kind of leads into a lot of like, I think the the mental fortitude of things that we're going to talk about today is just the evolution of, of me as a leader and evolution really as my people uh, through this journey over the last five years. Yeah. I mean, well, first off, congratulations. Um, it's cool. And I've always, I've, I've, even before you and I met, I'd always heard good things about you. So for you to know that I think is important. Um, so you got good character, um, either that, or these are your friends and they're <laughs> in probably the same circle as mine. Uh, but yeah, because I think that, um, that's, you know, it, by the way, uh, if you don't know Terry Nicholson, um, we have had him on the podcast. I've asked him to basically open Rhino X the last two years because he's so damn good. He's like, well, he's a great speaker and he's been in the industry a long time and he's, he's trained some of the greats himself. Mm -hmm. So, um, great guy. Uh, shout out to Terry. He, he won't listen to this, but I mean, I'll tell you, I mean, I've, I've, you know, I've had, I've been fortunate to have a lot of mentors, you know, whether that was, you know, coaches to, to a dad, to different people, but from the industry, um, He's poured into me sometimes when I didn't even want him to pour into me, right? And so he's been a guy that's like, you know, has bootstrapped a lot of stuff with me and when he didn't have to. And, I, you know, I, uh, you know I, I can't tell him thank you enough. So, well, um, so I want to jump in for our listeners because, you know, I, the uh, over the last few months prior to this episode uh, airing, uh, I had, you know, I had Goodrich back in here. He's been on the podcast like, you know, nine, 10 times, something like that. And I always like getting him in here to talk through anytime any conversation comes up around uh, instability in a market or, or unknowns in a market or whatever. I always love his point of view. Um, and he's been through quite a few things, but, but I, I also have been going down the, was going down the path of just saying, Hey, um, even if demand is low and, and in a lot of markets it, it is, and it has been, um, that doesn't mean it's gone. Uh, it just means it's, it's low. So somebody's going to fight for it and somebody's going to win it. Uh, but there's also things that you can start to do. You, you can look at internally to, to fix the business. Um, so there's another way, but the other piece of it is, and the part that I'm really interested to get into this with you, because everyone is capable of, of leveraging this tool and that's your mind and the mental fortitude of, of just being in business, you know, and, and because you went through multiple, um, levels of growth all the way up to now being, um, you know, with both blue Cardinal and having multiple brands and, and, and significantly more responsibility, um, all along the way, you probably didn't, ha you, you don't have the same, like maybe you have the same, um, mindset of like, Hey, this is my vision and this is what I'm going to continue to work for. And like our mantra at, um, on to the point is no zero days is you still sometimes have to like train your brain, you know, to, and, and, you know, how are you going to work through mental fortitude? Perfect example is 
having a conversation with my son yesterday, plays football. And um, he is a a 12 year old boy. You know, he's, he's um, spaces out, you know, like he only cares about football. He doesn't care about school, even though we've told him he got the school comes first. So I'm having a conversation with him. I go, you know, I've been traveling a ton over the last few weeks. I think you know that. Like, so I haven't been home that much. And and so I went to his football practice and watched because I love doing that. And um, I watched him, like, go out there and make some really good plays and practice. And then when it came time to run, he was, like, towards the back. He's, like, one of the fastest kids on the team. And so I was like, Mason, you just made this amazing play, like this amazing catch and juke these kids and went and scored. And then, and then you, you finished off the practice with – you were at the back of running. What do you think the last thing the coach thought about you was? You were at the back running. You're one of the fastest kids on the team. I was like, and I said, what was it? He's like, I was just, you know, spacing out. And I was thinking like, you know, I'm tired. I was like, dude, you're tired. You still have 30% left in the tank. Like it's a mental game. And so he went out, you know, he was out and the next practice and I'm sitting there and I'm watching and he like is, has a great practice. But It's just this mental thing that he gets in. It's like, you know, I didn't want to go to the gym yesterday. <laughs> I still don't, I don't, I got a lot of buddies that are going to the gym, working out and talking about, oh, as you, as soon as you, sooner or later, you're going to love it. I still don't love it, but I go, I feel better afterwards. But even being, you know, in business, you know, for, for myself too is, I mean, it's challenging. I mean, whenever, whenever you bring on more responsibility, um, you have to almost like pep talk yourself through certain days. And I have for sure have those. But as you're going through different levels, like you've done, I think it changes. Like the pep talk you got to give yourself changes. And, and maybe it's it's not a drastic change, but it definitely changes. And everybody that's listening is control of that. And, it, and no matter what level that you're at right now listening to it, whether you're a PE guy uh, or gal um, or contractor or GM or technician or whatever it is, you're going through some level or going to be going through some level of transformation or growth. And so where's your head at? And that's what I wanted to have uh, the conversation with Trey around because he's been through so many levels and been through them successfully, guessing it's not all been sunshine and roses, you know, and rainbows. But let's talk through that a little bit. So maybe if you can take uh, take our listeners through like the mental journey and the mental fortitude that you had to forge through on this path. And hopefully what they can do is relate to some of the situations you've been in and how you got through it. SmartAC.com, SmartAC.com. If you haven't heard of it, you better find out. If you haven't implemented it, you better check it out. You have to get started doing something. 2024 is going to be an absolute battlefield. What are you doing differently than your competitors? You need to make sure that your memberships are sticky. SmartAC.com does that. Lifetime warranty, insurance savings, filter discounts, 24-7 monitoring that lets you know about problems before the homeowner might even know about the problem. Live tech chat, service providers, all of this with smartac.com. You've got to check it out now. Yeah, no, I'd love to. And I think, Chris, it all starts with like, what is your vision, right? So like, what are you working for? Because there's going to be days when things aren't going to go correct. And I don't care what state of business development, leadership development you're in. There's going to be days that just nothing goes right or there's no light at the end of the tunnel. So I think it's important that, you know, your what good looks like is going to change over time, but you got to have a good idea what good looks like and what are you working for. So you know, at, early on in my state in, in the journey, you know, being a technician and looking around, saying this isn't what I want to be a part of long term. Like it was painting that vision of what does what a great company look like, and it was it was it wasn't as big as big as it is today. As my dreams aren't as big um, as they were, but it was just like 
I want to make X, you know, in my particular case, like I truly wanted my dad to have a retirement like and and there was no vision for that at that point. Like I wanted him to be able to retire from the business with dignity. So I, it's it's what are the driving factors first of identifying those? And a lot of times people say, well, it's, you know, it's it's my kids, it's whatever. And I think um, it's making sure that you can quantify those throughout those stages. And, and they all like I said, they'll change if it's about the money. It's tough yeah. because at some point you get enough money that that an extra dollar is not going to motivate you anymore. So it's like, what's motivating you? So early on, like I said, it was it was just the amount of work and labor, the physical labor I was having to commit to to get this thing forwards and and without without any money to do anything with. Um, so it was sweat equity is all I had. Right. And uh, so as I went through that journey and started moving up, it's what you soon learn for me. And, and it hasn't changed yet. It's like. I don't know what's around the corner because I'm, I'm running the biggest business I've ever ran in my life today. And tomorrow I'll run the business, biggest business I've ever ran in my life. So for me, it's, it's learning. It's, it's creating the culture, the personal culture to me of like learning, of learning disciplines, learning, you know, uh, continue to educate myself. Cause I think a lot of times um, that's not part of the, of your daily regiment and it doesn't take long, especially in the speed in which the industry is moving to be behind. But I've went through, I think, uh, cloud nine of running a, a $10 million company that was super profitable, growing at 30%, thinking I was the biggest, baddest guy on the block to, you know, um, running a bigger business I am today. And sometimes it don't seem like I can get anything right because we have so many balls in the air. Right. <laughs> and, uh, I think that's that the, the, the biggest mental challenge I had to really come to real was used to, I, I prided myself on keeping all the balls in the air. Um, and I can't anymore. And it's about keeping the right balls in the air. Yeah. Right. And, and that's a tough thing to do because there's going to be stuff that falls through the cracks as you scale a business. And it's like, and it's like being okay with that. And uh, I think that's, that's where I am today is just, and, I, and I've been in that spot, you know, uh, as you build out your leadership team, less balls will fall through the cracks. Yeah. And like, we're in that point where we're building out a leadership team, much like, you know, much like a group that, you know, that's going from $10 million to 15 million. Well, you know, that's, that's a big, big, a lot of times it's a big org redesign when you take that next step. And the thing that, that I focus on a lot now and, and come to reality with is it's what is Trey doing every day to develop his leaders around him? to be able to move this thing forwards. And, uh, and when you're scaling a business quickly, and I think, you know, um, I took pride in this and I know a, a lot of contractors I talked to is like, he's been with me from the beginning. He, he was my, he was my bookkeeper and now he's my CFO. That works great. If you have the ability to motivate those people to scale the same rate you do. Right. And it gets tough when you're scaling a business like we are right now of like, how do I keep everybody that's on my team that, that I would tell you brought me to the dance, you know, like those people I am loyal to, like, how do I continue to elevate them at the same speed I'm elevating? Hey, and quick, quick question on that. I don't mean to cut you off. So on that, because this, this is, is a challenge, especially when you have multiple um, leaders and something that um, I think is very important is what are you doing to check in with those leaders like regularly to make sure that they're coming along with you? Like, Yeah. So I think first off, uh, you know, 
the hardest piece, it takes a lot of emotional capital, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, as you scale it, the emotional capital it takes and, 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 and put that in a year that's not all roses. Right. It's a challenging year too. Yep. So it's like, so it's double the energy. I think the first thing is like in your planning sessions is be very clear what good looks like. And, you know, so it takes the time, you know, this we're kicking off budget for 2024 right now, annual planning and then moving into budget. And, you know, it's about what's the contribution level that I'm expecting out of my leadership team and what does good look like and making sure you can quantify that. That's the first piece. And then second is like is constantly like checking in with them to say, hey, you know, what do you got going on? What do you need from me? And in making sure they they that you're that you're still approachable. And I think uh, one of the conversations I was having my, with my COO, Luke, the other day was no matter how fast paced the corporate gets, we got to make sure it looks slow paced to the outside looking yep. in because it's overwhelming. Yep. Yeah. And, yeah. It's that's, that's really good. I mean, um, uh, I've not met your COO, but you guys um, are having a, what appears to be a really great, solid, well put together organization. Um, so, but I completely understand, you know, so for anybody listening is, um, you know, even though he's, we're talking about managing, you know, multiple different people, this could also, this could also just be you. Like if you're a single, you know, just single, you know, truck deal, um, or you're still a smaller shop. Yeah. I uh, think this, day, like leadership, your job is to work yourself out of a job. That yeah. is like, so it, you can set it up to where you can pass it on to someone else. So like in the, you know, I wasn't able to move up in our family business until I could hire my replacement or, or develop my replacement. In that particular case, I always developed them. So I think that no matter where you're sitting in, in on the org chart or on scale today, it's the only way you can scale a business is you got to have your replacement trained prior to moving. Yeah. Because when you're juggling a lot of the balls, like, um, so, so, uh, I say this often, um, I'm, I'm very high functioning ADHD and I feel like, um, I thrive in chaos, but it's not the best way to do it. And at a certain size, it's not, it's, you can't do it. You can't do it as efficiently as you need to do it. And so you do have to try and find the right people to put in there that you trust. And if, and if they're 80% as good as you good, like they don't need to be a hundred percent as good as you. That's a mistake you see people make often, right? Like you just, you say, I'll just take it and do it myself because they can't do it as good as me but they're not thinking about what else that time could free up for them, you know, to, to do that's greater, that, that serves a greater purpose. So leadership training is, is something that's um, important. Like it seems like it's you know super important to you. Yeah. So, I mean, and, and it's been quite some time back, but I went through and became a John Maxwell certified trainer because that's really where I started was helping my own people, right. My own organization. And, and uh, then, branched out and started using some different things. And, and I think there's a lot of different avenues of doing that. You know, I think the biggest thing, like I said, is having a clear, a clear expectations for where they need to be. And like, what's my non-negotiable. So the culture side of my business is a non-negotiable. Here's some basic metrics that are non-negotiable. Like these things have to be met. These are, these are table stakes for our company and these things you're going to do. And then beyond that, I think that's really where like, okay, like to your, to your point, like, that might be the 20% they're not as good at as me. But what I've came to realize is like, you know, if you hire for your weaknesses, um, they'll compliment you really well and you'll be able to pick up where they're not good at and they're going to pick up where you're good. And it makes the, the chemistry and the that, that you create is, is a lot better. And, and, uh, 
and hiring those people like, you know, I'm not the raw, raw person. Right. So like I get here in the mornings, I come to my office and I go to work. Right. And uh, that's just how I am. Luke, my COO, I knew the amount of, uh, you know, emotional capital it was going to take to manage all these different relationships. I needed someone. I mean, Luke's the guy at four o'clock in the morning. I get a text message from every morning. It says rise and grind. Like, and he's at the gym. He's high energy. Like, and, and that's not who I am. I'm more strategic and I'm, I'm, I am more, you know, my cadence is a lot different than his. And it's more you know, like, if you're going to, you know, choose someone to kill, like I'm the person to kill. Cause you're gonna be able to pattern me really easy. <laughs> Luke, he's all over the place. Right. So, uh, uh, but I think that's the important piece too, as you, as you, as you gain this, because that, that mental freedom and the mental, the, the mental side of growing a business, like you're, you're going to be forced to rely on other people and you know, how well you develop those people is like how much mental freedom you're going to have. And, uh, and I think that's, you know, anybody scaling a business probably know that's, that's probably hit home with them right now because it's, it's tough, especially when things aren't going right. You know, it, it, you know, call counts down or whatever. Yep. It, it really, it definitely puts, it highlights just where your weaknesses are. You said, you know, mental freedom. Uh, it made me just think of like, uh, you know, it could be stop talking yourself out of hiring the person, like, you know, and be thinking differently. And, and listen, sometimes it is like listening to this podcast or just getting in the right, right circles or getting around the right people or at, going and doing shop visits or whatever that help unlock that that mental roadblock for you of, okay, if I hear it enough times, then maybe it's actually true versus you know, what I, what I think is the right thing to do. But, um, you know, the whole, the whole thing around, um, like Tommy's event is this called the freedom event. And it's kind of, you know, to try to get some financial freedom and do, you go to these things to learn the, the things. And it doesn't always necessarily need to be the, uh, like a like a, a new processor system or or WYSIWYG or whatever the heck it is that you take back and implement. Sometimes it's just about being around different you know mindsets of people who have been successful because that matters. Your circle of influence matters. And so what Trey is, is talking about is um, he also recognizes I'm not the rah rah. Like he's not the rah rah guy. He's the integrator. He is the come in and, and he's got his systems and processes. And and by the way, which is an incredibly important uh, part to scaling a company. Um, that's not me. I'm more like Luke, you know, I'm more of the rah rah sales marketing guy and have all the energy and I go do all the things I've had to learn how to be that because as a, as a business owner, you have to learn those things, but same thing. You know, I have good, we have great leadership who fill the gaps on the things that I'm not good at. I just focus, I get to focus on what I'm great at and that helps you scale faster. So that is, a, that is what we're talking about when we're talking about mental fortitude. Like those are the things that you have to look past is you just got to think not everybody's wrong. Maybe, maybe you're wrong and you need to re, you know, rewire your thinking on how to scale this thing and, and start believing in other people who can help you fill the gaps on the things that you aren't good at. And my regrets have always been not hiring someone. I don't have very many regrets that I hired someone had to fire them, right? That, that's, it's okay. You know, I took the chance. It wasn't like my business went backwards during that time, like it does when you fail to hire someone. And I think that's important piece too, is just like, uh, you know, I, I think that the, the commitment you got to make when you go that way is that you are willing to hold them accountable and you are you, and you are willing to, to part ways with them uh, if it doesn't work out. But I think, um, being so hesitant to hire someone looking for this perfect candidate that may not exist. 
Hey, I got a question for you. So going back to going back to maybe earlier days for you at McWilliams is you went where you, you were the, you went, did you go from GM to COO or was it where, where, where was your, what was your path before you became CEO? Just give me the, the two prior. Yeah. So I really, so I've never been given a title my whole life as far as like a title. <laughs> so a title change, like, so what I did was I was a service technician and I sold, then I started managing the installation crew. And then from there, um, my dad handled basically the financial piece and the marketing piece. And by 2010, when I started taking over operations, I brought in uh, my sister to handle the marketing. And I brought in Brad, uh, which was a school teacher, um, math school teacher, and was really like, if, if you know anything about, you know, math side of the world, like process, process, processes. And we were in a pro- we were in that stage in life where we really didn't have processes for anything. We had good theories of how to do stuff, but like nothing documented. Hired, he was ready to get out of the teaching field. Hired uh, Brad to set him in a room next to me and literally built every process of our business, which eventually moved into the financial piece of our business and was managing the financials. So I say all that by 2013, everybody was answering to me at the company, but it was never like this official, like, um, you know, Trey moved to GM. I just, I started, you know, I took, I was wearing all the hats and slowly but surely started letting them go one hat at a time until I was managing everybody that was wearing the hats. And were you ready for that when that came up? No. Of never. course. I don't, I don't think you're ever ready. Like, <laughs> uh, no. So, I mean, um, and I think a lot of people that listen to this call, like, they're either you're younger than the people you're leading is a challenge. And then, to make it even worse, you're the son of the boss. Right. Worse, right. So like, and, and my dad used to tell me, Trey, if you ever give them ammo, they'll shoot you. Right. So like be the first one to work, the last one to leave, make sure your truck's the cleanest, make sure you're the highest performer. And so I always prided myself on that. But, uh, you know, I moved up a, uh, a technician that we hired, Andrew, we hired and he came on board with us and Andrew was 25 years old, I think at the time. And our average age of technicians probably 40. Um, and, uh, Andrew worked for us for two years and we moved in the service manager because he was a top performer, really had a great, the challenge was, you know, he was a 27 year old that had been working for the business two years in the trades for two years. Oh. Was he the right choice? He was the right choice. Um, but was he ready for, I think the, the leadership style that he was going to overcome was like coming in as this young guy. No. So the reality is I don't think you're ever really ready um, for, for the leadership um, shift. Yeah. And that was the point I wanted to get across there by listening is, you know, if you're waiting until you're ready, you'll never, you'll never make the, the, the jump. Like you're not going to be ready and you just got to get into it and go and, and learn, you know, and, and you will get ready. Um, God, that, I hear that story so much. People are like, oh, I'm not ready. And it bugs me. Cause I mean, I, I mean, listen, um, you said something that I've said for years and, and kind of a different way. And it was around every day this company grows is a size company I've never run before. So I'm constantly feeling like I'm never ready. <laughs> yeah. and, I, and I think when I, when, when I really decided, Hey, I'm going to create the, you know, blue card on the first, you know, the thought that was in my head was like, first off people, people are betting their livelihood on me yep. moving forward. Right. Which is a big deal. Know, big deal. Big and, deal. And, and, and some of these in the business that are partnering with us, it's their life's work. Like they've worked their whole entire life to create. It's the identity of who they are in the city they're from. 
right? And uh, so looking at that, I was like, you know, and, and again, I kind of go back to Terry. I was like, you know, here's what, you know, here's the things I don't have. Like, and, and it was like, well, then your, your partner you're going to partner with, make sure they have that skill set. Your first COO, make sure they have this. And it was really, you know, what it came for me was like, Trey, you have enough leadership to build the right team. So if you build the right team, you can fix the holes in your leadership ability or your lack of knowledge. And, uh, but, you know, one thing you can't, it is very hard to do is you can't teach people passion and drive. Right. And like, and like Terry said, you got that. Like you're, you're about the right purpose. You care about the people, you know, and you respect the trades. Like you cannot teach that. That's something that, that I think is, is, gives you a special leg up as you move forwards. And, and uh, so I really embrace that. So like, you know, my, my hires have been, you know, it's been very methodical and thought out because today they're going to make me either look good or bad. Right. So, uh, uh, and, and, uh, uh, but I think making that leap because trust me, uh, you know, uh, I think I'd be lying if I told people like, there's not days I get up and wondering what the heck I'm doing. Like, <laughs> holy crap, what I get into or, I got a lot to learn. I had that uh, yesterday. <laughs> yeah, but that, that's the, I think uh, the day we think we arrived is our, is the day we have a problem. Right. And, uh, and being, being humble enough to come to Rhino X and rub shoulders with those guys that, you know, there's a lot of those are seasoned vets and, uh, and, and somewhat, you know, friendly competitors, but we're, but we're, we're, we're after the same thing in, in, in business, but um, you know, we may have a fresh, perspective that's going to give us some some leg up and then they have some things that they're doing that that are that are great as well so like just being willing to put yourself out there and un, but i think the biggest thing is get mentally mentally prepared that you know what got you here won't get you there right and uh and what are you going to do about changing that and what exposure and like how far it, and, it, and it really how big a, your dreams are is like how far ahead in exposure you need to get like so like if i if if I want to be a $15 million company in a year, then I probably need to start talking to the $50 million player today and start rubbing shoulders with him to figure out what they're doing right and make sure I stay a step ahead of where I'm wanting to go. Have you done, have you done quite a few shop tours over the years? Yeah. Um, I've done quite a few, um, and, and have had like, you know, uh, main thing I think is like the events is like, going there with a mission like yeah. and, and and you know uh and, and how do i get close to someone to like understand what they're doing like get their time because i think they're all busy and then how do i and ask good questions you know i think because i mean i use tommy Mello as an example like uh you know i love him if you let him run the conversation he'll take you everywhere oh, so yeah. you better be prepared for like what do i really want to get out of this guy because he's a wealth of knowledge um because what he's done an unbelievable job of is connecting himself and truly being a student. Yep. Right. And uh, so he, he has great ideas, but I think if you go talk with Tommy, like the best thing to do is like, what are the things I want to get accomplished in this conversation with him today? Cause if you don't have those before you go into it, you know, he'll have you some, you'll be chasing rabbits somewhere else. Yeah. This is a great point. Actually, I want to mention this real quick to all of our listeners um, and to anybody who goes to, to any event, um, you have to go with an agenda and the agenda can't just be so open as, Oh, to go learn things. Um, if it is where you want to connect with somebody uh, specifically, um, here's how I go to everything as a business owner, because if I'm 
flying and leaving my family and my employees and my business to go and be better, I got to have a game plan to get there. So I go in with this thing called an MPV. And so my MPV is V for visionary. What's the absolute like best case scenario that I can walk away from this particular event? It might be uh, have making this partner, bringing on a, a new cut, this particular customer or a, or a specific connection needs to be made. Like the best case scenario, my visionary, my primary goal is I have to walk out with X, Y, Z. That's my primary goal from going to this event. And at worst case scenario, my M, my minimum is X, Y. So, but I have like this three tiered, you know, approach of I need to accomplish at least the primary worst case scenario, minimum, the minimum. But if I, it really goes really great. I'll hit the visionary. I mean, you hit the visionary once out of every 20 deals, but or 20 meetings or whatever, but I'm at least going in with an agenda with the primary. So to trace point, if it's to meet a certain person, you got to have the questions, the things that you want to get answered. And then you go and make the connection yourself because you come to Rhino X, the reason we keep it small is to keep it less intimidating for some of the, those who aren't in, like that comfortable yet to become comfortable going and talking to Leland or to Ken or to Frank or to whoever. Um, you know, so go in with an absolute, uh, not general, but like specific uh, agenda for any meeting that you go to. That's great advice. And I think on that too, Chris, is like, as you cultivate that relationship, you got to find ways to add value to them, right? Yeah. Because that's, that's the, you know, and not everybody, but I, but it's natural instinct that, that I want to get something out of it too. So like, so like also identifying where can I add value to these people? Cause I don't care if you're a small player or a big player, there's probably something you, that you're good at, like whether that's some marketing piece that you're using that you want to share, like those are things that are important too, like adding value to, to those people. Yeah. You know, it's, it, this is, that's, a, that's, thank you for saying that super important. You can't just take, 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 you know, and that is normal. And even if it does, that's not your intention. It's just kind of the way it comes across is you're trying to gather information from people who are smarter than you and you, and you might not feel like you have any value to add. So it's not necessarily like you're, you're, you're taking on purpose. It's just kind of the nature of the beast. I was with, um, at, at Pantheon, um, I slipped out and went over to watch my old partner, Gary Vaynerchuk, uh, give a little presentation with the Rilla voice guys. Um, and he, this, he's the one that taught me exactly what you just said, but there, what, um, and that, cause it, it's hard for me to go to him and who's given me so much information who helped start this podcast, by the way. And, and I, I, I met, met up with him in the green room before he went on and, and that's what I said to him. I said, Hey, um, is there anything I can do for you? Like with the script that's here, anything. And it seems weird to say that to Gary Vaynerchuk, like, Hey, how can I help you, Gary? And he, knowing he's probably going to say nothing. Like he, his whole thing is, um, nah, man, just, I appreciate you coming here. That was enough. Like to come in and see me, that was enough. And I was like, cool. So, but the point is, is that I still feel the need to ask him all the time. Like, Hey, what can, you know, what can I do for, for you? And I think it even goes further. Like I'll use Ken Goodrich. Like he's going to be bombarded at an event with people wanting to talk to him. So it's like the way that I can add value to Ken too, is be truly prepared to have good content when I go talk to him. So be prepared. And so when I do speak with him, I'm, I've got a good, you know, uh, good dialogue with him and not sit there and just, I'll be all over the place. Like how, how do I respect their time or whatever that, if they're giving me time, how do I respect their time? And if, when they give me stuff, like, you know, I think, what makes me the most fulfilling, I think when I share something with someone, 
they give me a follow-up of how they implemented it and how well it did. Love well, that. what does it make me want to do? It makes me want to give them more and more and more. So I think I always try to do that as well. It's like, you know, I've had some great mentors, and when they give me some tips, I'll text them back, hey, once you know, like, that was truly valuable in this situation today. I appreciate you. Yeah, and, 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 and that right there is also another, it's another thing of we're talking about, you know, of just the mental game is not being afraid, you know, being prepared, um, being, you know, um, you know, mindful of time because that is the most valuable asset. So, but you, you know, thinking that your question isn't good enough is the wrong thought. Um, it's, it's what's good for you to, to trace point. Like what does good look like to you is the question that you're asking continuing you down that path. And don't you be afraid to ask those people the question like at Rhino X, they don't just speak and leave. They stay and they work with you. And we do masterminds together. Like that's the whole reason that they're there. So trace point is, the best thing you can do is ask a very, very thoughtful question because they want to be able to help you. That's why they're showing up. Like that's why they're showing up. So um, that's just another level of like mental fortitude for yourself is don't be afraid. You know, don't be afraid to ask questions. If it's a thoughtful question, it gets you from A to B towards your good. Ask the question. So, so I want to segue into, I think we're probably about, you know, 45, 50 minutes and 50 minutes into this thing. Um, I love it. See, cause anytime it goes this fast, right. means conversation is great. Um, and trust me, there's some podcasts where I've had to like really work through it, <laughs> but, but you know what it is, is that we were having a good conversation at Pantheon too. That's why I was like, man, there's so much that we can go through and I'm not even going to get to the other Bitcoin stuff. Like we'll save that for a different, <laughs> a different time because the majority of listeners really don't care, um, in comparison to the other stuff. But I think it is important that you at least share with the listeners too, because we kind of talked about it a little bit. And because you have so many different brands relying on you, um, it's the perfect case scenario. So you're, you're, you're currently in 20, uh, 2024 planning. Um, we, you understand what the market looks like, the market, um, with, you know, demand, you know, being low call count being down, um, it, whether that's, you or not you who's listening right now, uh, the vast majority of the United States, it is. So um, I know across all of our contractors, I see call counts from all over the place. So what are you doing then to to prepare yourself and, and the brands to be successful in 2024, knowing that we're, com- we're coming out of this you know slower market? Yeah, so I think the first thing you got to do is like, you know, when I look at, First off, what do we have control over? That's the first thing. So like I consider a general manager, he has control over the call the day it's booked, the time it's booked. So for that calls booked on, that's it's his baby. So like really, I think breaking those things down to where the excuses isn't about call count, narrowing it down to like, we're gonna execute at this level everywhere we have fully control, that we have control over. And uh, so that's, that's the first thing that we're like really focused on right now is when we get a call, what are we doing with it, right? And uh, and then backing up is from a standpoint of like how efficient and how effective is our call center from book their booking rate, their cancellation rate, what's going on there. So really starting to break it down in pieces of uh, what we have control over versus what we don't have control over. So call count, can we drop call count? Yes, but it's a lot of you're a great you're a great marketer when it's 110 degrees and everybody's got five thousand dollars in their pocket. Right. Uh, you're great. Right. Uh, when everybody's maxed out their credit cards and it's raining for two weeks, you're a horrible marketer. 
Yep. Right. And uh, so I think it's really starting to quantify like like what what do we have the ability to drive in marketing? What 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 pieces economy play on this? What piece does weather play? And really starting to kind of lay those things out. I think what we get in trouble on is I think sales, you know, is psychology. Like it's it's when, when they got a hot hand, they got a hot hand. It don't really matter what's going on around them. They're just good. So it's like, how do we keep their mindset on that? I think it's really narrowing down to let them focus on what they have control over. And that's what we talk about every day. It's like your conversion rate, your average ticket, you know, what's your membership conversion rate? What, what's, you know, from a marketing standpoint, what's, what's the mix of, of age systems coming in? So are we running 30% of age or are we running 40% of age? Like really focusing on things that they can actually pull the levers on and help with. Um, because I think it's, it's easy to get discouraged it's, if all we ever do is look at the revenue number, you know, and, and so I think you go on in 2024, the thing I learned through 2023 is like, we got to find things to celebrate about yeah. and we got to keep our mindset, you know, moving in the yeah. right direction. And we need to have discouragement and we need to have corrective action when we can control it and making sure that, that the burden and, and, uh, the pressure we're feeling as the leaders of this organization, um, aren't passed on to people that have zero that are executing on everything they have control over. So do you remember two, two Rhino X ago when Mike Tyson was in and I was interviewing him and he had said it's uh, on the days you don't want to do it are the days you got to love it the most. And that's the mindset, right? Like it is, you know, we, if, the same thing when you got a guy who's got a hot hand who's selling you celebrate the heck out of that thing and you need to keep him in that flow state and of like i'm going i'm off to the races but you got to find more things to celebrate about and and you know this is where i love that i have you know one i'm so grateful for how many listeners this thing has grown to so thank you for, for, for that but um i try to use this stage this you know this podcast to encourage people to you know, like if you are blaming um, marketing constantly, and that's your go-to, I, I ask you to just look into it to find out, is that really it? it is, maybe the, is it maybe a mixture of, you know, you're not paying attention to your call count. By the way, I see these things all the time. We're talking 700 contractors as clients. Like, I see a few things. <laughs> and I see the booking rates. And I see lead volume coming in a call count. But the point is, is that if you, if, if you know, like if you know, know that maybe you're not paying enough attention, you know, to the internal pieces of the, of the business, like Trey's talking about, you get out of that mind frame of blame shifting and maybe take on accountability of like, you have a business to run yet. There's things internally that you might not be best at. And that, by the way, that's what winners do. That is a hundred percent. Everybody hears me talk about my 95 five rule. That's what the five percenters do. That's what guys like Trey do, because that's what helps you grow and scale and get out of the position that you're in, in the first place. If the temperature is down and it's beautiful and demand is down, it's down for everybody in your market, in your market. But what are you doing to differentiate yourself and keep working through it? Well, look internally, look at some different things. Maybe take that opportunity to start working on some, you know, leadership training and, and encouraging your leaders to think bigger, you know, in their positions and, yeah, and be helpful. In a growth, in a growth, if you've been in a growth mode for four years, it's really a good time too to reset. And also fix culture, right? Which means get rid of some people that don't fit your culture. Um, and uh, so there, I think there's opportunity in every moment of the business. And I think uh, for us, it's, it's 
narrowing it down to like making sure I'm holding people accountable of what they have control over. And if they don't have control over it, like let's not beat them up about it. Yep. And, and I want to um, finish with this, you know, just with this last piece is regardless of size of company, I'm, what my hope is always that you take something away from this that you can implement. And, and what I always am fearful about when someone's had some success is that they play the comparison card. Um, oh, well, they're, you know, uh, I do need, you know, I am living still paycheck to paycheck, so to speak, you know, so these things don't apply to me. Anything that has to do with your, with your mental fortitude applies to you regardless, like I said earlier. So, um, but reach out if it's confusing to you, if it's like, you know, Trey's, you know, you can connect with Trey to ask them questions, like reach out to the people. Don't be afraid to reach out to people and, and have them pep talk you through it if you need it. You know, because I guarantee you, Trey's walked in feeling defeated uh, when he was a technician, when he was, uh, you know, leading uh, McWilliamson's son or McWilliamson's son or, or with any of the brands. Like, I guarantee you some of the brands have been defeated in the pep talks. So, so regardless of size, that's happening to to everyone. So you're not alone. You're not alone. But, Trey, let's, let's go ahead and finish with this. Um, for any of our listeners and um, – any of our listeners, and it really, you know, it doesn't matter who, who they are listening. What is like one, uh, or I mean, what size of company or where they're coming from, you know, what shape or color? Um, what is a, a really great piece of advice that you can, that you can give them that's tangible, that's tangible um, going into uh, 2024? Actually, listen, even I think when this podcast rolls out, there'll still be a few months left in this year. And that's a few months to, to make a difference, depending on what market you're in. If you're in Phoenix, that's when we go into uh, <laughs> preservation mode <laughs> or in Texas or South Florida. Um, but like, what is some good, what's like a really good solid piece of advice you can give from your experience, having been down this path, been around there long enough to, to help them, um, to help them capitalize on, you know, what is today's world? I think you need to go get enough exposure whatever, however much exposure it's going to take for you to get conviction to make you to really have enough conviction to take massive action. So, you know, I think being very intentional about what exposure you get, go find the things out that you don't know, and then put a plan together and take massive action and be willing to take the risk. Um, and I think you, you won't regret it. I mean, I, we were spending marketing dollars. We, we were committing to marketing dollars we never had because we were willing to take the risk to say, I put the things in place and I have enough faith and I'm enough determination that I'm willing to commit to this marketing spend to grow my business. And I think, um, you know, looking back now, you know, it was a big thing, right? I mean, it was like, we didn't have that much money in the bank and we were committing to these crazy marketing. But I think it all came down to, I got enough exposure that I saw other people doing it. And the reality is guys, no one that you're going to go meet is much smarter than you are. Like they're just willing to do it. And uh, I think that's the biggest takeaway I have is go get the exposure, get the conviction that you're convicted enough to go all in and go make do massive action. Love it. This is going to play really well into what I'm about to say. Regardless of demand being down, uh, call counts being down, um, there's someone just like you may be listening is going to be afraid, not take the risk, and pull back. The majority are going to pull back from things, reduce marketing budget, um, and play the conservative card. 
And this is when, when Trey talks about taking risks, this is when you can take a very good risk. I will call it a very low risk, even though it seems high risk to them having seen it. But someone is going to double down and take advantage of taking market share in that moment because the majority of their competitors pulled back. Why not that? Why, why not that be you? You know, Trey's talking about spending money that they didn't have and him uh, taking that risk, maybe being more of a conservative, conservative and going, being around enough people and feeling like confident enough to take the risk allowed him to move forward. That some of the, some of the most successful contractors, not necessarily just the biggest, but the most successful are willing to double down when the market's rough, knowing that the majority of your competition is going to pull back. It's a great time to take market share. Yeah. So thanks for saying that. Trey, good to have you on, my friend. Yeah, enjoyed it, Chris. Enjoyed I'm, it. I'm excited. Hey, if our listeners want to connect with you, what's the best way that they can connect with you? Yeah, so um, we can share my email. It's Trey at McWilliamsandSon.com is the best way. And um, I'll be happy to connect with them. I, I love the trades, love the people that's in the trades and, and would love to help it any way I can. Yeah, man. Well, I appreciate you coming on sharing your story too. I'm sure this won't be the last time we'll have you on too. I'll be excited to kind of to have you back on once we, you know, we're uh, uh, down the road a bit and we see how Blue Cardinals, you know, taking off and what all what all that's doing. And then where you're at, where you're at at that point. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's a fun journey, so I'm enjoying it. Well, so I appreciate you coming on, Trey. And to our listeners, hopefully you, you enjoyed that. And listen, you know, he, he encouraged you, you know, connect with them, you know, and ask Trey the questions if you're if you're nervous to to you know can you know reach out to him. I don't know Trey, whatever. I don't know if you're coming going to uh, any shows in the near future, but um, just gave you his email. That's a great start, and and he'll and he'll respond. So, um, but you said a few things. So I just want to kind of recap on, and it's you know we're talking a lot about mental fortitude and just. Um, and sometimes, you know what, training your brain also takes a coach or takes skill. And there's lots of podcasts that you can find around just mental toughness or mental, you know, or mindset or whatever you want to, whatever you want to call it that you can learn from. I still do it. You know, I still listen to those things. Um, but you mentioned things like, you know, what does good look like? That was probably one of my biggest takeaways and, and making sure that whatever good looks like to you, that you have a clear path to what that looks like and that you have everybody rowing in the same direction if you're large enough to have leadership in your uh, leadership management in your company. And then making sure that you have some non-negotiables. Like that's a, a key thing that you had mentioned that I think is, is critical. So be intentional with everything that you're doing and don't be afraid to take the risks. So like I always say, listeners, you don't got to do everything but you got to do something. No zero days. Listeners, thank you so much again for listening to this podcast week after week. We are extremely grateful. Again, the whole purpose of this podcast is to give back to the home services industry that we love so much, whether you're a rhino or not. We really, really appreciate all the subscribers. And if you haven't subscribed yet, please go in and subscribe and you'll get all the episodes sent to you automatically weekly. Also, we have really enjoyed your feedback. Uh, it's so meaningful for us when we get to read the nice comments that you guys put. So keep doing that. And if you don't know how to do it, here's what you got to do. You search for To The Point Home Services on Apple Podcasts. You click on our profile, scroll all the way down to the bottom and hit write a review and be honest and share your story and how the podcast has impacted you and your business. Thanks again from the bottom of our hearts at To The Point Home Services Podcast. We appreciate you.